0: I want to speak about this morning about the spirit of might and counsel it says in 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 I, Isaiah chapter 11 um, the prophecy of Christ um, that that um, the spirit uh, in Isaiah 11 too, it says the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him the spirit of wisdom and understanding the spirit of counsel of might counsel and might the spirit of knowledge and fear of the Lord and the spirit of of counsel and might, we looked at counsel last week, and might, um, or strength as it would be interpreted in some translations, um, strength is the is one of those things that um, is something that we often physically struggle with in terms of how many of you know what it's like to, to just have that point of physical failure when, when strength is done? Like you know, um, it, it could be just working out in the gym, uh, and uh, you're working on the weights or something like that, and and you get to a point it's like the body just goes, yeah, that's it, <laughs> no more. It can be it can be um, like physically somewhere you're just like pushing your boundaries, just physically pushing, or even actually mentally, emotionally, your your physical, your mo- mental, emotional, body, soul, spirit, kind of just yourself. You're like I'm done, yeah. and uh, and we all know what it is to sort of have strength, understand strength, the strength of who we are. But we also know what it is to kind of exhaust it, and uh, and we all exhaust our strength at some point every day. Yeah. Uh, that's why we go to we go to bed and we go to bed to rest, to recoup what we've uh, what we've lost and uh, uh, what we've not lost, but what we've spent, as it were, and. Um, uh, I I'm one of these type of people. I, I I'm not good in the evenings. Um, I'm not good in the afternoons either. But I'm good. <laughs> I'm particularly not good. I'm I'm not a, I'm not a sort of a nighttime person. I you know some people they like to be up late at night and and uh, they just kind of get going about midnight. And uh, um, but th- that just isn't me. Um, kind of I would be happy to go to bed around ten thirty. That would be a good time, but it's a little bit early for, for most. So eleven o'clock is kind of a sort of compromise. I, I really, I can't stay, stand going to bed the, the same day you're getting up. <laughs> that just is wrong in every in every form. And, and uh, so um, so about ten thirty. And but the evening time, my my mental capacity is already kind of shutting down. Uh, get me up at five o'clock. I don't really like waking up at five o'clock. But at five o'clock, I mean, five o'clock the other day, um, I woke up. Cheryl wasn't there. And so when, you, when your wife isn't there, you can make noise, right? You just like, you wake up and you don't tiptoe around the house. And uh, so Cheryl's not there. And I sort of opened some drawers and go, oh, they're, they're messy. Five o'clock in the morning, I'm redesigning the chest, the, the, the clothes in the drawers and, and just doing stuff. Because it, I don't know what got into my, but in the morning, I'm just buzzing, right? But night time? It's uh, that's me. I'm a a morning person. But uh, there was a uh, just in fact, I was thinking it was a few weeks ago. But in reality, it was actually just before Christmas. And uh, it was a few weeks ago, technically. And uh, so we I had a knock on the door about nine o'clock at night from my neighbors. Uh, And uh, he said to me, could you give me a hand? I'm I'm refitting the kitchen and I've got no water. Uh, I've taken I've taken the sink out. Uh, and without the sink back in we've got we've got nothing and i ha- I've got a worktop to cut and i don't have a jigsaw uh, and i don't and i 've got all the tools right because I make furniture and and uh, um, so I'm like okay come on then so I'll go to my workshop I grab all my saws and my drills and everything that we're going to need for the job and I go in there and and uh, we cut out the space for the for the sink but it's well past my best time. <laughs> it's already 9 o'clock. My mind is already beginning to go comatose. I'm like, I should be asleep at 10.30. And uh, so, uh, so I'm well past myself. So we're working away. Well, we spent maybe up until maybe about midnight getting that side in. And then he goes, my neighbor, who is like, we've caught him working at 3 in the morning before. We've sort of woken up, looked how's the light on What's he doing? <laughs> and she's just banging away and, and working on stuff and, and uh so we and uh, so I'm just going look. I'm, I'm just a bit tired. He's going no no. We need to get the next top on because I need the hob. We want to get the hob in uh, and then and then it's done. Well, we finished about two o'clock in the morning, <laughs> and it was so horrible. <laughs> was such a bad I did such a terrible job right I'm working on it in the end he goes we got it and I go that's, that's I'm done. I can't do anymore and then we left and like in the morning I go hey how you doing he says yeah I just went out and bought a new worktop <laughs> <laughs> completely trashed his kitchen worktop just just ruined it <laughs> and and the reason why it got ruined was two o'clock in the morning that's that's the reason because because there's a point of your your physical yeah i knew what it was supposed to happen it's just what i mentally knew just wasn't computer going from here to here and it's just it's like everything was wrong you know and i <laughs> I'm like, and i realized at that moment never again will i say yes to a job at midnight, I, I never again. I will It's a good job I'm not a doctor, Jamie. I mean, I would just kill off all the patients. It's like what you need is a chainsaw, and and uh, so it's just this sort of mind just doesn't work in those wee hours, and and it was a complete physical, mental kind of just collapse. And and there have been many moments. I'm sure you all know those moments when you're like. I don't have any more. Well, there's this verse in the Bible in, in, in Ephesians, and it's something that repeats itself actually quite often in Scripture. But in Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 10, it says this, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Put on the whole armour of God that you may be able to stand against the against the wiles of the devil. You see... This is an incredible scripture that comes after five of perhaps the most empowering chapters in the whole Bible. Ephesians 1 to 5 will give you the most in-depth revelation on your identity of who you are in Christ. The identity of what Christ has done for us. The victory that he has achieved over Satan Who we are as a church in Jesus Christ, who we are in relationship to one another and how that reflects in our relationship with Jesus Christ. It is the most empowering five chapters and and I want to encourage you, if you, if, if you're struggling with anything, just read Ephesians, right? Because it will constantly fill you with the most extraordinary words which are constantly expounding your understanding of revelation of who we are. And then all at the end of that, he says, finally, be strong. (laughs) Which is counter everything that we know about strength, right? Because it's not like you would say to your children, come on, what's the matter with you? Be strong, just lift it up. <laughs> yeah. Have you ever seen a kid, like, when kids, when they're trying to help you with the shopping bags, you know, and you've got this little kid and you wish they wouldn't, but it's cute, right? And, and you don't want to discourage them, so they're down, <laughs> like that and everything's falling over the floor. And it's entertaining, but they don't have the physical strength. Yeah. So you would never say to a child, be strong, what's the matter with you? <laughs> because we know that strength is something that is achieved through discipline and the pl- process of growth, it's the application of daily giving yourself to, to to exercise, giving yourself to to physical things gives you physical strength. Giving you the, the 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 discipline of mental process of just mentally just giving yourself that. Um, giving yourself that mental discipline of reading and, and applying yourself gives you, gives you a, a mental kind of physical, uh, mental strength. Uh, and, and applying yourself, your heart to, uh, to one another and your heart to the things of God gives you an emotional strength. And so the, these are disciplines and these are things which happen over time, right? So at no point is there possible to give a command, But the Bible only ever says be strong. Doesn't ever say become strong. Wow. So it gives us this problem because how do you be something that you're not? And so what I want to do this morning is is have a look at what it means to be strong, and the key thing in this verse. Is not the word strength we're looking at strength and we're thinking how how do I be strong I mean how do I if I know there's nothing worse than the feeling of needing to be strong when your strength is already gone you you know what I'm talking about here when your strength is already gone and you, you you're looking at the work that you need to do and you think I, yeah, I don't know how I'm going to do that. Um, I'm in the process at the moment of um, cutting back our 100 metres of hedge. That we have. And uh, they haven't been cut back for a while, not sort of properly. Yet. And uh, so uh, me and Boaz did, the, um, did one sort of hedge. It was about sort of 30 or 40 metres. And then we came back and we started cutting cutting the hedge on the other side, hence the scratches and the... Uh, and uh, it, this hedge is, is, is um, was grown by Satan, and uh, <laughs> it's just it's just the most hideous hedge. And uh, so we're cutting it right back and and uh, giving bringing it right down to a proper uh, to a, a, an easy manageable height. And uh, we're working on it. And we got to about four o'clock in the afternoon yesterday afternoon. We got to a point, and we've got. Uh, we've got reciprocating saws. I've got a chainsaw, but I don't like using it because I always feel like with a chainsaw, it's really what it... All the time it's on, it's saying to you, I want to kill you. <laughs> I don't want to. It. It, I feel like it. It would be like a a chainsaw is, is like a farmer using a crocodile to to um to get sheep in. It's like uh, that's what I, that's what a chainsaw's like. It's just they just they're just the most menacing things you've ever had. And and so I've got one, but I don't like using it. So I've got a reciprocating saw, which is a, a much tamer device, uh, and will do quite small sort of hedge things. So I've got a hedge trimmer. Uh, a reciprocating saw and some loppers and with that you can do pretty much anything and and so we're working our way through the hedge uh just working our way just getting getting through and about four o'clock I looked at Bo and uh, and we'd been working all day and I and I just looked at all the tools and I went time to go in <laughs> it's only four o'clock in the afternoon you probably got another good two hours of work time but but I knew that from experience of my neighbor's kitchen where I <laughs> I destroyed their worktops is is that is that the there there's a point when you just know that you don't have the strength to keep going and yeah. and and, uh, and so you have to pull it back but here is this scripture and he goes be strong and so when we look at that we look at the the verse and we think where do I find strength from but the key to this verse isn't the word strength. The key is this little verb be. Be strong. And be means simply to exist. It is your point of existence. It's the identity of who you are. Be. This is who you are to be. You are to be strong. And now it's changing my approach to how strong, how strength comes to me from the Lord. So in Hebrew, sorry, in in, in, um, in Ephesians, we'll just read that Ephesians scripture one more time. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of his mind. All right? Now... The thing about that scripture is it's going on to tell you about the armour of God, but if you don't get the whole principle about strength, it doesn't matter how much revelation you got on the armour, it's not going to do you any good. A soldier is, doesn't matter how wrapped up in armour a soldier is, he's only as good as his strength that he can use while using it, right? It's strength always first. Strength always first. It doesn't matter what technique. It doesn't matter what revelation. It doesn't matter what gifting. It doesn't matter what understanding. It doesn't matter what any of those things are. If you don't get the the revelation of strength and the power of the Spirit of God for strength, if you don't get that, you don't get anything. Because nothing else applies. Nothing else works. And so we, we come back to this and it says, "Be strong." Now, in Joshua, I want you to see this. This is amazing. So, in Joshua chapter one, Joshua has taken over from Moses, and this is his most challenging point. It's like time to rise up. It's time to be the person who's going to who's going to lead Israel uh, into the promised land, and. And God speaks to Joshua in verse 6, and I'm going to read verse 6, 7, and 9. We're going to miss out 8, just for time's sake. But in verse 6 it says this, Be strong and of good courage, for to this people you should divide in inheritance the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. So the critical part of this scripture is that we understand that there's an inheritance to be gained. There's a destination to be involved, but to achieve it, you have to be strong and of good courage. Strength, this word strength, strong, literally means to have might, to have valour, bravery. Alright? We're talking about a place of existence within your own heart, within your own mind. This is what you are. This is who you are. This is, this is what I am. Who's with me here this morning? You, this is what I am. It says, be strong. In verse 7, he says, only, only, everyone say only. Only, only is, 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 is a word which is used to, to separate and divide out and, and isolate and make this the, the primary thing. Only. Yeah. Only be strong. And very courageous, that you may observe to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may prosper wherever you go. So, not only is there a. Does, the, um, does your destination require strength, uh, the spirit of strength? also your ability to obey the Lord and just walk in the goodness of what God has spoken, to walk in the everyday, only be strong and very courageous. Alright? So suddenly we've got this, be strong and courageous. Now verse 9, it gives it a little bit, it sets an example, it says, this is what you are to be and this is what you are to be not. Alright? This is what you should be. Have I not commanded you, Be strong and of good courage, do not be afraid, nor be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. And so God's speaking to Joshua and he's going, you must exist as strength and not exist as fear. And you must not exist as being dismayed. Are you with me here? Do not, do not be dismayed. Dismayed. So we think, "Do not be dismayed" means don't experience dismay, or don't experience fear. It's not what it's saying. It's saying don't exist as fear. So we have to understand the spirit of strength is a place of existence. Not just a place of experience. I can experience many revelations. I, I can experience many things. But, but the place I exist to be strong. Are you with me here this morning now? Come on. I need, my, I need this church to wake up a little bit this morning. Because we're going to see God do something powerful amongst us. But we have to be something for it to happen. Alright. This is the place of existence to be strong. Now... All of this is wonderfully inspiring, but it leaves you with the question, well, how do I do that then? Because <laughs> I've tried all the other stuff. <laughs> Matthew chapter 5, we have this beautiful demonstration of faith from a Gentile, a, a man from outside historical line of covenant of grace and Matthew 5 verse Matthew sorry 8 Matthew chapter 8 and verse 5 says this now when Jesus had entered Capernaum a centurion came to him pleading with him saying Lord my servant is lying at home paralyzed dreadfully tormented. And Jesus said to him, I will come and heal him. The centurion said, Lord, I'm not worthy that you should come under my roof, but only speak a word and my servant will be healed. For I also a man under authority, having soldiers under me. And I say to this one, go. And he goes, and to another, come. And he comes, and to my servant, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard it, he marveled and said to those who followed, assuredly I say to you, I have not found such great faith, not even in Israel if you jump to verse 13 then Jesus said to the centurion go your way as you have believed so let it be done for you and his servant was healed that same hour now we look at this scripture and we look at it from the state of the man's revelation of faith but I want you to see it from the the understanding of his existence what he's living in right now a centurion is a man with guess how many men under him about a hundred right the clue is in the name right so he's got about at least a hundred men he could have had several hundred men we don't know the the um, they would have had a a whole range of centurions and and uh, we we don't simply don't know that but what we know is that he had many men under him we know that he had servants uh, by the nature of his conversation uh, and we know that he had great command and authority. Now, here's the thing about centurions. You, you, you don't get to that place because you're cle- just clever or you're inspiring speaker. You get, you get into that place because you're really good on the battlefield. Uh, and you're, you're probably quite efficient at killing people and leading other people in the same manner. <laughs> right? So we're talking about a, a hardened killer... Uh, a leader of men who who has who 's uh, walked in into just sort of the the sort of integrity the honor of battle and and all of those kind of rather bloodthirsty macho yeah but it's sort of he's he's a man and not only that he's a roman the romans were the conquerors of the world and 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 they were proud of that he was a very proud man he he would have come from a very proud tradition and, and and in in that environment you you never got to the top of the pile by being a little timid or a little unsure of yourself, you got eaten for breakfast if you had that kind of mindset. And so, and so here's this incredibly brave, in a place where they are the conquerors, the dominators, the strong ones. We know better. We have a better way of life. That's why we're taking over your little place uh, on this planet, and we're gonna we're gonna bring our way of life and, and impose it upon yours, so that you will make our way of life even better. And so, the, you've got. This mindset you 've got this approach, but here is a man with, with with all of that historical with all of that framework that history but he is completely broken because of his relationship with a servant who he clearly loves, who's experienced something of which we know not why or how, but suddenly, obviously, it's uh, this man has become paralyzed, he's tormented, he's clearly in pain, um, he's, he's, um, so, and here is a man who suddenly finds himself incapable and without strength the only reason he would have gone to Jesus, because he couldn't fix it. Because yeah. he is the fixer of things. He is, he's a classic sort of archetypal man, right? Men, we like fixing things. Yeah. And we don't like asking for help if we can fix it. The only reason we ask for help is, is when we can't fix stuff. Yeah. And and we have to get help. Um, otherwise, even then, we don't like asking. It's like, you know... Um, if I don't ask, if I don't have to ask for help, and I still haven't fixed it, um, but if no one knows I haven't fixed it, then it doesn't matter. I'm not asking for help. So, so it, it's like people will, men will particularly will not ask for help unless they have to have it. Right? Yeah. It's a, it's a revealing of their inability to have that internal strength. So here is a man who, who would be typify all of those classic sort of stereo. Um, type characteristics and, and here he is and he can't fix the one thing that he needs fixed he's incapable of doing that so when he goes to Jesus he isn't strong he's broken Right? he isn't strong he's broken that's kind of how we are when we're facing an issue where, when we need faith we often need faith, not at point of our strength, but point of our brokenness. Yes. That's why we need faith. We need it because our brokenness is revealing a situation that we can't deal with. Yes. So we feel incapable. We feel broken. We feel yeah. restrained. And what happens is this, is that the, the centurion comes and the moment he meets Jesus... He gets to a point, he just has this revelation. We don't know whether he he thought about this on the way. I suspect it came to him as faith does. Right? I suspect that it came to him as faith does, as revelation comes. It's in the moment, it's in the walking, it's in the journeying of going towards God that, that things drop into your heart. We don't start with an understanding, but we receive the understanding in the journey of pursuing God. And so what happens is he's, he comes to Christ and here is and he but he gets this revelation, but he gets it because instead of in his brokenness, instead of being broken, be strong. Are you with me? He's already broken. So he doesn't go, God, please. And you look at all the others, the servants, the the the, the 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 leaders who will come. Jesus, please come to my house. Please, please come and heal them. Please come and heal. They're broken, and they're speaking from their brokenness. Right? Here's a broken man, but he's not speaking from his brokenness. He's speaking from strength. Because he's existing in that place. He just put put himself in a place of existence. And I think he would have understood by the nature of his lifestyle and the demands that are placed upon him, that even when he feels broken, there is a place you have to exist and exist and it's called strength. So he carries weakness with him. He's still weak. He's still broken. He still can't fix it. He still doesn't have the answer. He still doesn't have any revelation or knowledge. He doesn't know how any of these things work. But he sees Jesus Christ and he knows that in Jesus is something that he can do. So in that place, in the shadow of the King, in the shadow of the Almighty, he knows he can be something that he isn't. And he comes to Christ and he just speaks it out i'm not a man worthy for you to come under my roof say a word yeah. was he speaking he's not just speaking faith he's being courageous and full of valor yeah. he's coming out from a different place he's not speaking of his weakness and his brokenness he's speaking of the of what jesus yeah. is ministering to him because he's in the shadow of the king yeah. He's getting revelation here this morning. and So what we have to understand is is how to be, how to put ourselves in this place. He says, let me finish with this. It's because, you know, it's the great paradox of the kingdom. The kingdom of God is always a paradox. If your life is a paradox, you know you're in the right place. (laughs) Psalms 84. Psalms 84 is one of the, it's just, it's beautiful, one of the beautiful psalms. I don't know about you, but how many of you find that, um, sometimes you just sit down and you just need God and you don't really know kind of what to read and, and you either go to a favourite psalm or you just pick a psalm, right? Psalms is, the, is, psalms is the book to go to if you're feeling a little lost. Isn't it? It's just, it's the place. You, you just go to Psalms and, and, and you find something. And you just keep reading until something just goes off in your heart. I I think we all do that, right? Psalms 84 verse 1 to 7 says this. To the chief musician, an instrument of gath, a psalm of the sons of Korah. Oh, I wish I could preach on the sons of Korah. Korah was um, roasted for his unbelief, but his sons became great musicians how about a work of redemption right there his name is, is, is recorded for eternity because <laughs> he raised a generation of worshippers even in the midst of his own failure need you understand that in, even in the midst of your failure when you turn your heart back to God God can do amazing things it was Korah's sons who found the presence of God here we go How lovely is your tabernacle, O Lord of hosts. My soul longs, yes, even faints for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. Let's go down to verse 4. Blessed are those who dwell in your house. They will still be praising you. Blessed are those who dwell in your house. They will still be praising you. Because praise happens in the house of God. You pull yourself out the house, the praise goes. If you're not in the house, praise will be far from your lips. Blessed is the man whose strength is in you, whose heart is set on pilgrimage. As they pass through the valley of Baca, they make it a spring. The rain also covers it with pools that go from strength to strength. Each one appears before God in Zion. Now this is an, this is an incredible. And this scripture itself is a paradox. Because it starts with verse four, it says, "Blessed are those who dwell in your house, for they will be praising you." So, speaking of a man who's who's already in the temple and he's praising God, and then it says, it speaks about the man whose strength, who's on pilgrimage to get to the house, find strength. But you just said he was in the house. So, which is it? It's the paradox. we are always going through the valley of backer always we're always going through the valley of backer you're either on the way in you're on the way out to the next one but the valley of backer always exists around our life it's 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 never more than a few footsteps away or you're right in the middle of it right now so backer is a place of challenge a place of dryness and backer we don't really know where backer was but but it's suspected it was um, part of the, as, as the disciple, as the, the Jews would pilgrim, uh, go on a pilgrimage to Jerusalem. They would go through, it was a place about seven or eight kilometers away from, from Jerusalem. And, and a, a just a dry, arid place. And, and it says here, see, blessed are those who dwell in your house. In other words, blessed are those whose heart dwells in the house of God. Right, your heart is in the house your heart is in the house of God we are the house of God by the way not just a Sunday morning house but we are the house as a fellowship of believers and that means what we do together right throughout the week blessed are those who dwell in the house and then it goes on and says the man whose strength is in you blessed are the man whose strength is in you You, whose heart is set on pilgrimage. You see, if you can see the destination of where you're called to go. If you can see again the destination. I've said this many times. I hate that saying, it's not about the destination, it's about the journey. I I know people think it's in the Bible, but it isn't, right? It's just a clever saying, and and while it has elements of truth, it's also nonsense, because you wouldn't be on that journey if it wasn't for the destination, and if you're going the wrong way, it's definitely not about the journey. (laughs) Because that journey is the most dreadful journey that you're on. And it might be a wonderful journey. You might be enjoying it. But it's not about the journey. It's about the destination. If it's taking, if it's taking you to disaster, get off. <laughs> it's about the destination. It's about the pilgrimage. And the pilgrimage was always a destination. So we set our hearts on a pilgrimage that persists. And pilgrims have this one but they've sold everything to get to a place. That's the whole point about a pilgrimage. We are not wanderers, vagabonds. We're not those who have lost our country. We're not... You see what happens to those... You see them around, around the world, peoples whose countries get blown apart and they, they wander from as refugees from one country to another... They don't have strength, but if you would journey your life toward Christ, you're always in the shadow of the King. And in the shadow of the King, you can find your strength. This is where I exist. Be strong. Let's read Ephesians 6 one more time, and let's see what it now means to us. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might, valour, bravery. Put on the whole armour of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Let's stand up, surely. www.thejunctionchurch.com God bless